The TEFL Commute, Season 7, Episode 1, in which we talk about the part of our work which drives us crazy. Bad students. Let's get started. to like um, in a group she was like uh, uh, get herself in control of the group not allowing other people to talk and that was very difficult for me to manage that and uh, so for example I couldn't uh, I, I had to stop doing debate, debates I mean because she would uh, uh, she would get in, char in charge of everything and it was very difficult to to kind of uh, get everybody to talk so she was intimidating hello and welcome everyone to season seven season seven already of the tefl commute uh this is a podcast for language teachers that's not about language teaching but the topic always seems to come up i'm your host lindsay clanfield i'm joined by my co-host. I'm Sean, and I'm the other co-host uh, of this. And I'm, I'm still can't believe you're persisting with a podcast about whatever that they might come up because it's the tagline. It's the tagline that you can never remember. I don't think anyone can remember, but I'm going to keep hammering <laughs> at so it. You'll stop when um, I remember it. I'm, you know, I'm, exactly. I'm just a, I'm just a exactly. bad student. I, you know, I never learn. <laughs> that's you. Well, indeed, we started. Uh, that's our topic to so launch this season. Uh, we wanted to talk about students, but then we decided to fixate on bad students. I think we'll talk about all kinds a bit. But um, we heard from another teacher talking about uh, difficult or bad students at the top. Uh, we have a, a few of them uh, contributing to this podcast. Sean, can you tell us a bit about this? Yeah, well, there'll be a few people. I, it, it, it's interesting, actually. Um, when I was at a conference recently, so I was asking um, the people at the conference just uh, what if the who their worst student was and if they could remember them and why. And it was interesting how reticent some people were to put them forward. But I've got six or uh, it's about five or six that will drop in through the episode. And I think they might resonate uh, uh, with why why what we think is a bad student. Because obviously our, our first ones there were about unruly and disruptive students. And I think it's very easy to label uh, the, those kind of students because they're memorable uh, because they disrupt disrupt the class. Um, how would you find a bad student then, uh, Lindsay? What, what would, in your opinion, would be a bad student? If I talk about myself as a bad student, I would be thinking of the times when I'm not uh, paying enough attention or I'm not really kind of disciplining myself towards the task at hand. But if as a teacher I think about what's a bad student, I think of the student who is disrupting the class, who's who's doing something in the class that is disrupting the rest of people's work. That's that's what I would consider as a bad student in that respect. But I suppose you could look at it two ways. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think it's very interesting. I, I, also, I mean, we've talked before about the uh, about labeling as well. I think we have to be careful of labeling people, bad students and worst students. But obviously for the episode, we're going to do that today. Um, it's interesting. I mean, you, you, as the Vox Pops come up, there is, there is this range. You know, you've got, obviously, as we started, the I think the natural one of the unruly student. Um, but as we go through, you know, you, you've got people, you know, one of the teachers uh, talks about a student that won't, doesn't want anything but grammar. Um, and it's interesting that they see them as, a, as their worst student because of that 
I came across as uh, as in preparation for um for this podcast episode um a, a, something from the Times Educational Supplement, and it's 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 a few years old now, uh, but it's really obviously I'll, I'll put the link on the on the website, and they were saying so uh, is it really the student that is you know the disruptive? Is it really the meanest student? And they were trying to pin down what they were what they would describe as the worst student they had, and then they went through things like is it is it somebody that's motivatedly challenged? Is it the student that's overly anxious? Is it the one that uh, doesn't grasp the, the subject? And eventually, um, as they go through this article, they, they pin it down to it's the student that runs counter to your deepest care as a teacher. I know that was quite nice. So, the, so okay. this person is the you know it goes against kind of your your ideals and your care. You, you as a teacher, we tend to care about our students and want them to 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 uh, do as well as possible. I suppose that's true. I mean, because you can always have like you know it's it's happened. I'm supposed to all of us who've had a student that I think is a bad student, then another teacher gets that student and maybe the topic comes up and the other teacher might say, oh, no, you know, he's a sweetheart or, oh, mm. she's really no trouble at all. But maybe it's just that it affects them differently or the person was behaving differently. I suppose I go back to what I was saying at the beginning of the episode about how for me as a teacher, a bad student is one who is going to be a discipline problem, usually, you know, who will disrupt the mm. class in another way. Um, although those other kinds of bad students exist. I mean, in ELT, the, um, there's often talk in methodology about bad students in the sense of bad language learners. Yeah, there, exactly. You yeah, know? Yeah. You, the, the student who's, for example, trying to translate every single word that you say, or the student that is reading a text and is asking like constantly, "What does this mean? What does this mean in Sp in whatever language? You know, I, it, uh, yeah. how do you say this?" And, I don't think and, that's and those are, but they're often classified say, as bad learners, aren't they? You yeah, know, so I, I, I think that's not just relative to ELT though. It's interesting. Again, if you if, when we were doing the research for the episode, you Google "bad student" and you often get um, rather than bad student stories, you get examples of what makes an unsuccessful student. And there's that kind of so in ELT, we'd probably say it's the translating every word and not using strategies. Uh, for learning but this idea of um, students that expect or almost to be spoon-fed or won't take responsibility for their own learning uh, uh, so you yeah. get this I think this parallel between bad and unsuccessful uh, with it maybe that's we're... true that's true which is why we come back to the problem of labeling because we're already finding that the word bad is problematic in and of itself Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, 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 with it, it's interesting. So, are you a are you a better teacher than you are a student? Oh well, let's come back to that <laughs> in a moment. <laughs> Uh, I had, um, I won't name him, he was an Italian student, a teenager, he was about 14 or 15 years old and he was uh, in a language and activities programme that I did one summer in Cambridge and he was just unruly, he would just constantly be shouting out and constantly be uh, disrupting the lesson. He, he meant well but he, he's, his presence in the room was, was too great and at one point I had to sort of sanction him. I wanted to pause on that one because I had also been thinking about, like, are we as teachers bad students? And I had a few questions to go with that. So why don't you start with a question to me and then I'm going to ask you a question about teachers, what they were like as students and what they are like when they become students again. So ask me your question again. Oh, so so are you a, are you a, a better teacher than you are a student? Was what right. I said. So you're talking about when I was a student compared to how I am as a teacher. And I think both of them are quite similar. Like I notice my work habits 
are the same as when I was a student as, as I am with a teacher. For example, I would sometimes rush things as a student. I sometimes rush things as a teacher in terms of preparation. But as a student, I would always get things done way earlier and never leave things to the last minute. As a teacher, I always got my preparation done way earlier and never would leave it to the last minute before class. But I would change things on the fly. That's different. But I would never sort of be up until four in the morning preparing, if you see what I mean. I think I think the longer I've been a teacher, the worse I've become as a, uh, the worse student I've become, especially when ah. learning, especially when I'm learning language. If, if I well, that's about... that was my question then. How my question was: How is it for a teacher when they go back to being a student? So, for example, since you've been a teacher, you've gone back to being a student at yeah, one point or yeah. another. Yeah, okay, yeah. and so tell tell me, like you you think you're worse now? How? Um, I know. Well, I can. I, the the easiest parallel to that is learning when I when I lived in the Czech Republic and learning Czech. I must have made my well, I must have. I know I made my Czech teacher's life a misery because um, I would be comparing it to like as a teacher trainer going, okay, so what's the aim of this? What's the point of it? <laughs> you know. So... No, you weren't. You were doing that. You would question like I their would. method. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, remind me never to never to have you in a. Although with teacher training, it's it's different. If you're teacher training teacher trainers, it becomes very. Meta. No, but yeah, yeah. But as a yes, it do. But as a teacher, no. But this is my you know my my Czech class to learning survival Czech because I lived in the Czech Republic. Oh my gosh! So no, I was being a pure language teacher. I don't you know I wasn't even grateful for the fact that I was getting free free language lessons. I think if I think about being a student uh, full stop, I do actually think uh, being a teacher has made me a better student because I I um, in terms of of uh, researching and preparing stuff on those kind of things. So if I take it yeah. outside of language, I think some of the things I've learned, or which I kind of preach as a teacher trainer, I think if I put them into my own practice, it's made me a better student. But um, as a yeah, language yeah, learner, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't I would want to be teaching me. Well, interesting, because I went back to learning a language once when I was writing my first beginner course book. So I decided to be a beginner in a language for a year, and I did German. Um, and I did find myself mentally questioning lots of the... Uh, methodology of the teacher, but I never kind of voiced it. However, what I did notice about myself as a learner, which was really interesting, was how much I enjoyed certain kind of activities that as a teacher I had, and a teacher trainer, I had poo-pooed a lot. Right. So a lot of kind of like meaningless drills. Uh, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I remember learning a, a, a drill where Basically, I'd learned how to count to 10 or to 20 in German. I'd learned how to count to 20. And then we had this game where with another student where we had to bid on the table, like der Tisch, which is the name for table, I think. And 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 like I had to say, okay, zwei euros. And then you had to bid higher than I did. And then I had to go higher. So I had to know what your number was and then say a number that's higher until we got to 20. So it was right. over pretty it was over pretty quickly. But I remember doing that. And then the teacher's like, okay, we're going to move on. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to do that again. And and I want to do it again and again. And I, and the kind of thing is, as a teacher, I'd also rush through it. I'm like, okay, we did it once. You just you just said your numbers. You don't need to do that more. But as a beginning learner, I kind of realized I do want to do it more. I want to, I, I, you know, once is not enough. I'd love to just repeat it again and again, just get my, my mouth around the words. So... 
that's one of the things I know. It, it's quite it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I it, does that. Uh, um, I'm wondering now. You're saying that, given that anecdote, whether we actually make bad students because we go into because we go into the classroom with a with, with a set of ideas of how we're going to teach and a set of things we want to do and, and kind of our lesson plan and by kind of ignoring our students wishes you know like no i don't want to do that drill again let's move on to the next thing are we actually therefore in some way creating a, a disruptive bad student by by simply not not appealing to their needs and wants as a, as a learner one of the reasons where the teacher is also because you know, we've, we've, we've studied more, we know more about methodology. I'm, I'm, I'm creating a kind of devil's argument here where, um, where we study more, we know more about methodology. We are, quote, unquote, the expert in the classroom. And therefore, in some cases, we should know better than the students. That's why that's why they want to come. To, well, if it's if it's a class that they've chosen to come to, that, that's what they're coming for. Last student I ever taught uh, only wanted to study grammar and complained after every lesson where we did something communicative or skills based um, uh, and it kind of broke my heart but I managed to win her over. I, she was ended up in a CAE exam class of mine and at the end of it she said I was one of the best teachers she'd ever had. case in that vox pop where that student doesn't want a grammar then we're go then we're making a, a that that teacher calls them a disruptive uh, sorry a bad student because they only wanted to learn grammar but that's going against the needs and wants so i'm um it's kind of I, I know you were making a devil's argument but isn't it isn't it sense in it almost like the customer is always right and we're not actually as a service industry we're not i mean yeah we i don't know i i don't always buy that the customer is always right oh do sometimes well, I'm not really sure. I mean, imagine that student does that and it doesn't make a lot of progress or has been doing that for a few years and then gets a teacher that manages to get them to learn it to do it another way um, and then says, well, you know what? I was wrong. That teacher was right. I mean, I'm thinking of when I was a student taking swimming lessons. I know how to swim, but these were like these were for adults, kind of like just swimming practice things. But I, I liked it when the teacher would say, uh, OK, your hand, you've got your fingers open too wide when you're when you're doing your thing and you're not getting enough glide. But, you know, so uh, that that helped me swim better. Um so it changed something. So my my needs and wants, and when I was swimming like that, was to have my hands like like you okay. know splayed open wide, and 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 when they corrected me, it was hard for me to do the correction, but my stroke improved. Do you see what I mean? I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. I just you, see, you just reminded me of something we talked about before the episode in terms of uh, uh, is it client or student or or, yeah. or or whatever. There is a kind of uh, it's kind of wrapped up in this bad memorable student idea, but and this all this idea of labeling that we talked about before. There is a certain po politics to to uh, to this, isn't there? I mean, are they students or pupils or students or learners? Well, exactly. Or in clients? fact, yeah, no, no. I had actually done my little bit of research on that because what we called this episode. Back students mm -hmm. and we've been talking about students but within our field there's um you know this sometimes quite heated debate about using the word student um and that is much preferred the word learner have you heard this distinction made before sean um 
No, no, actually, probably not. No. I'm, no I'm well, the, I I'm... think around 20, 15 years ago, we okay. started seeing more, or 20 years ago, maybe it was, uh, where it started seeing much more written on learner autonomy. It wasn't ever called student autonomy. It's no, learner autonomy. No, that's very true. Right? And then if you, and and if you refer to like teachers' books as resource books, it is learners, isn't it? It's not students. Exactly. Learners, in, most, yeah. in most teacher resource books, it's learners. And I remember reading Scott Thornbury on this, who said in one of his books, he said, I refer to them as learners because it seems to have a more active role in what I want them to be doing okay. than students. So I went back and looked at the origins and the etymology of all of these, uh, the words that we use for, for these people. So here, you want to hear? No, please. Oh, <laughs> of course you do. All right. So student, I found, comes from late 14th century. It comes from the French word. Do you know the French word for student? Uh, it would be student. It would be estudiant, yeah. sort of like that. Estudiant. Étudiant, yeah. étudiant, current okay. French, étudiant in old 14th century French. Um, so it was. A I never realised you spoke 14th century French, Lindsay. I, I'm a man <laughs> of many surprises. Yes. Um, a stu student is a scholar or one who is studying. Um, uh, from this comes, of course, from the Latin studiare, uh, an old English uh, word for it was learning child student disciple and i think we come to learn there but then there's another word that's used that's that that was used before also from the late 14th century pupil which okay. originally also meant uh, 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 uh as well as student it could mean an orphan child or a ward from the french pupil mm -hmm. and um from latin pupilis orphan child ward minor etc um and uh it started in 1560s being also meant to refer to students. And I don't think anyone, do people call students pupils in our field? Well, do, do, I, do, I, young I learners, in, in that, do young learners, do young learner teachers call them pupils? I, I, I would say perhaps that as a, you know, that uh, my, 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 um, my sisters who work in state schools might, would say pupils. Okay. Uh, more. But I think, I was just thinking as you were talking, that it's a word that's, we don't hear very often anymore. No. Well, Not the student context, is pupil, anyway. but then I tried to find learner, and I couldn't find an entry for the word learner, but I could find for learn. So learn comes from Old English learnian, to get knowledge, to be cultivated, to study, read, and think about, from a Proto-Germanic uh, Liznojan, but I probably pronounced completely wrong. Um, it also has a base sense of to follow or find the track or to furrow. Um so I thought that was kind of interesting. So I suppose that's sort of finding the idea of learn as finding the track. So a learner is someone who finds the track or who furrows forward, gives a more active sense to the word for that person in the class as opposed to. But I, I don't know. You could argue well, I, that a student. I'm now thinking that, that there is a difference between, you know, we were talking before about bad and unsuccessful kind of being. Yeah. Uh, with it i think for me if you say he's a bad student and he's a bad learner there, there, there is that difference there one is the character of the person one is that he he's not very good at, at learning um, yes which i think is different I, I, I'm, my mind's going now hang on mm. <laughs> yes it's getting all very confusing how about another break yeah, I have some bad students, to be honest, and some people who have studied English for ages and they struggle a lot, they make the same mistakes every now and then, and you don't know how to to help them, because you tell them that I'm, I mean, in different ways, but I think they can reach up to a certain level, not more than intermediate, for example.
All right, one last question, and then I have a quiz for you, Sean, all right? This time, I brought the quiz for this season. Usually on this show, Sean is the one who brings quizzes. When did you start making quizzes? Right. <laughs> if you start doing jokes in the next episode, know, oh, that's it, I'm out of here. <laughs> have no fear. That is not going to happen. Um, but one of the last points I wanted to ask you, we were talking about uh, learners, uh, students, pupils, etc. We were talking also about our experiences, teachers going back to being learners, but both of us are teacher trainers. And I certainly have noticed things about teachers when they all take on the role of students all together in like a course that I'm teaching or in a workshop even. Have you noticed? Have yeah, you noticed I, how what teachers always are... makes me laugh, and it's actually I was discussing this in a, one of my online courses recently as well, so it's not just me, but what always makes me laugh is that teachers refuse to work in pairs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was doing that. I was doing that indeed. I was. I, I had the same experience as well. I also noticed that, that uh, a lot of the times when I'm teaching teachers, I see the student in them, kind of like the, the little boy or little girl in them, I, as soon as they come in. So you see the ones who come and sit right at the front yeah, and, and yeah, bring yeah. their pens out and put the pens nicely on the table in front of them, yeah. lined up the paper. They have it all ready. You know, they're chatting with someone, but they're up right at the front. And the others who kind of slope in and take the seat <laughs> right at the back, right next to the door. And it's so funny because I'm like, oh, my God, I am seeing you exactly as you would be as you so would have been either. at like 12 or 13 years old. Also, you know, the ones who are chatting all the time. I always joke around with teachers where I'm like, does it drive you crazy when you ask a student to do an exercise? And they say, I don't know what page we're on, yeah. you know, because that happens to me as well. I'm like, well, what do you think of question six? And then, you know, someone like, oh, I'm sorry, what question? I, I wasn't, what you know, I, I, yeah, I no, don't know what we're that. talking about. I was, you know, and, yeah, the, and the seat thing makes me laugh. I'm not just a teacher. No, it's like when you're, if you're doing a, in a conference, if you're doing, a, you know, a workshop or a talk at a conference, nobody ever sits at the front. And you're just like, you would, you know, you say, you, you, you know, if this was your classroom, you would hate it if the students, exactly exactly i think it's almost like teachers in this sense when they go back to being students are almost like waiters or waitresses when they go and eat in a restaurant you know they sort of gonna like model all the behavior like you know <laughs> let loose all the behavior that drives them crazy another one that always drives me crazy is, is if we do in a in a in a course or in a workshop a game you know for points yeah and the amount of fighting that they'll get on like oh no no Lindsay, no that's not a right answer that should only be worth half a point and i kind of say hey we all know that these points were are, mean nothing, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. it means absolutely nothing. It's just sort of like a motivational trick that we do with students to put the points and everything like that. But and yet they can't get beyond that. You know, they're sort of like disagreeing about things, or or or, or you know, or the point should be mine or not. It's very interesting. It's this kind of I, I, it was, I remember it coming up on when I many moons ago now when I was doing my uh, when I was a student of, of, on what was. Uh, what would be now the Delta course? This idea, though, of of uh, people, you know, that when they sit down behind the desk, there's this natural psychological regression to yeah. to being um, to being a student. You know, that your your point of reference is your school days. So therefore, it kind of, you know, this this unconscious or subconscious behavior comes out uh, of it. So perhaps psychologically, um, that's why we're all bad students when we're when we're in training sessions. Uh, uh, we're yeah. all bad learners. Am I a bad student? Or a bad learner. It's going to bug me now. Uh, you had you had a quiz for me, Lindsay. Okay, ready. So let's get on to our quiz. I also was doing some googling on bad students, and I found an article called "The Worst Students in School Movies." 
So these are annoying, vicious, or moronic fellow students in school-related films. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start reading out the description, but leaving out um, maybe the name of the film or the name of the lead character if it's very obvious. And I want you to see if you can guess. Oh, I'm going to be awful at this. Okay. These go in order, okay? This is, um, I'll give you their names, Chris Harganon and Billy Nolan, Okay. The film right. is 1976, and I'm going to start reading. Okay. Everybody knows a couple of students who have nothing in common aside from enjoying the misery of others. In perhaps the nastiest prank in school film history, Chris Harkinson and Billy Nolan pour it's blood. It's blood. pig it's blood on this character after rigging the prom election so that she will be chosen prom queen who is what film it's carrie it's carrie, carrie. I know, I know, nice I yes i can't believe i got one <laughs> we move up film is now 1984 the bad student in this film johnny lawrence johnny lawrence is essentially the ex-boyfriend from hell running around destroying your stereo and beating up that new kid you like he has been trained in unethical and ruthless version of a martial art at the cobra kai dojo by an instructor even more than brutal than him. This makes Johnny much more dangerous than your regular bully. In essence, he spends the entire movie mercilessly beating up the protagonist until the protagonist finally bests him in a tournament where Johnny actually reveals himself to be a halfway decent guy. Wash on. Wash, wash off. off. Yes, tell everyone. Wash, on, wash off. It's the what? Karate Kid. Karate Kid. All right. This person, uh, 1986, This uh, the character's name is Steph McKee. Okay. Brilliantly played by the actor who I won't say the name right now. Steph is the smarmy kid who grew up rich and because of it always talks like he's older and somehow world weary, despite being only 18 and never having worked a day in his life. He also treats women terribly and convinces his friend Blaine to distance himself from Andy, a girl that Blaine likes. Steph claims that it's Andy's working class upbringing that makes her him distrustful of her, but it's actually just because Steph tried to ask her out. The character is actual scum and plays the entire movie proving it, which continues oh. to remind us that money can't buy class. The film? I'm going to have to go and put this on because I own it uh, now. Uh, it is one of my favourite films of the 80s. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty in pink. This person's name uh, is, is referred to as JD, 1988 film, okay? He may look hot with his black trench coat and Jack Nicholson-like demeanor, but JD is definitely bad news, as he proves when he stages several calculated murders of popular students in order to make them look like suicides and eventually reveals his plan to blow up the entire school. JD isn't a rebel. He's completely psychotic. You definitely don't want to run into this guy on your campus. And even though she falls for him in Initially, we can all agree with Veronica when she says, you know what I want, babe? Cool guys like you out of my life. Um, and, and for bonus trigger points, they've just uh, started making a TV series of this. <laughs> oh, um, my God. You, uh, you do know the, it. The female actor, actress is in Stranger Things uh, now. And back then, she was my teen, one of my teenage crushes. Uh, so the, the person that is Renona Ryder. The person you're talking about, though, is Christian Slater in Heathers. Excellent. Oh, my gosh. 2001 film. Is there anything more annoying than the phrase, wait till my father hears about this? In this film, 
the young <laughs> student is a quintessential combination of arrogant, snotty, and whiny. Basically, every spoiled rich kid who cries to his parents when he doesn't get his way. He tries to take the protagonist under his wing and explain to him why there's a wrong sort of student you wouldn't want to get involved with. And he wages a personal vendetta when the protagonist rebuffs him. As an additional character flaw, this bad student picks on socially awkward students like Neville Longbottom. Don't say the name. That's obvious now. I knew it You knew it before. Who is it? You're talking about Harry Potter, but it could be one of seven books, nine films. Oh, wow. All right. Yes, that's true. But this is from the first one. You get the sense of him. Don't pick. You're trying to outgeek me, Lindsay. Oh, my gosh. I'm not doing that well. All right. Hold on. Let's do. This is the last one, okay? I don't know this one. So I'm thinking ending on a hard note okay 2004 film okay um regina george she's the ultimate of her kind a backstabbing manipulating and general cruel person that knows no bounds and even though pretty much everyone in school recognizes that she's one of the most awful fellow students imaginable they all still really want her to like them though she does somewhat find redemption at the end of the film but not until after she gets hit by a bus it's hard to forget the moment where she's looking evil in the middle of the hall after printing and unleashing the burn book on the whole school popular and sadistic regina will be undoubtedly remembered as one of the worst high school movie villains for years to come did you say you don't know this film no not at all in the UK, we seem to have an intre- a passing interest with Lindsay Lohan, who is also in the movie, because the movie is Mean Girls, isn't it? It is. Wow, you yeah. got all of them right. Excellent. Mm. You happen to pick movies. I, I, what's interesting there, then, is that uh, the bad bad student character is so predominant that they've become... I mean, for me, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a, the greatest film buff, but... That obviously they stand out, you know. So yeah. bad students do stand out. Well, it is a kind of meme thing, you know. There's a kind of categories of different bullies and boys and girls. And but stuff. you notice there's an there's an interesting thing about a lot of those films. It's kind of this idea. I think it was when you were describing uh, the the Harry Potter one. This the this this kind of clique where you try to pull student like students pull the bad student uh, bad students tries to pull other people into this clique. Yeah. It's in Heather's. It's in uh, it's in Pretty in Pink. It's you know all those kind of kind of films. So I guess it's a trope that's visited quite a lot yeah. uh, in, in, in uh, educational movies. Whew, I'm so happy I got through that quiz. Well, I, what I think that's you know? a good place to more or less end it. Um, well, we have been hearing from teachers throughout this episode that shared with us some of their bad student stories. If you have a bad student story that you'd love to share with us, you could find us on, well, tell us where they can find us, Sean. Well, obviously, they can find us on anywhere where we uh, where you would download a podcast. Uh, so our main account's on Podomatic, where you'll find us on iTunes, and you can visit us on tevilcommute.com and the Facebook page, the Tevil Commute group uh, with it. And I think we should finish with my with uh, one of my uh, one of my current students on a training course and her vox pop because it just made me laugh when we heard it. So here's Madalena talking about a different kind of bad student. See you next time, Lindsay. Bye for now. Bye. I've had this couple once. They were actually the parents of one of my kids from school, and they approached me for some private classes of general English. Mom said her the mom said her husband knows his way around with English, but she wants to improve. So as I like the child, who was one of my best students, anyways. Uh, I've decided to give it a try. Mm, I've prepared my lesson. I've done some research about useful expressions for traveling, 
and I I had my my homework done, so I went to their place. When I arrived, they they were in the middle of an argument and just announced me that the husband won't participate in the lesson. He was just going to listen. It was pretty weird as he only made jokes, in Romanian of course, about his wife's poor English language. Mm, it was pretty awkward for me, just it felt that I was in the middle of something. And I think I kept going for about six to eight meetings, but I was always stressed out as I didn't know what to expect of the sessions as none of them had the same flow. We've always started nicely, working from the topics I have previously prepared, but all of a sudden, they started a fight with each other, and then always, but always suggested we try something else, a totally different topic from what I had, or, I don't know, just random Romanian words for me to translate in English, or even worse, the meeting slightly developed into a marital therapy session in Romanian again. I've never worked with couples ever since. As your commute is coming to an end, here's an activity you can take into class. Prepare a series of instructions for bad behavior. For example, shouting out all the answers, getting up and walking around, looking out of the window and not listening, clicking pens, etc. Give out the instruction slips to students. Tell them that they should not show this slip to anybody and that they should follow the instruction on the slip when the class gets underway. Tell the class you're going to teach the lesson as normal but as you do so, the class should try to notice any unusual behaviour on the part of other members of the class. Stop after about 15 minutes and elicit what the disruptive students were doing. Write these on the board. Ask students what effect this behaviour has had on the class. Things that they might notice are that we couldn't concentrate, we couldn't hear what was going on, we didn't get much work done. Ask students to sum up the implications of the activity by writing rules. We shouldn't shout out, we mustn't click our pens all the time. This activity is from the book Dealing with Difficulties by Lindsay Clanfield and Luke Prodromo, published by Delta Publishing. You can read the instructions for this activity and much more on our website, tefelcommute.com. You've been listening to the Tefl Commute an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any of the episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at www.tefelcommute.com.